So today we are in our third week in a four-part series on conflict resolution. Today is the exciting part, and that is when you look at finally solving this problem that has been between you and another person and find out creative ways to resolve it for both the benefit of the other person and yourself. Hi, this is Eric Hurd, and my podcast is called Relationships by the Book. So why that title? Well, I lived 18 years of my life apart from God, apart from His Word. And my family was one of the most dysfunctional families to grow up in, and we didn't understand relationships. And when I came to know Christ, it absolutely transformed me from the inside out. And I began to understand God's wisdom because I dug into His Word and I saw how much He had to say about relationships. I've been a pastor now for over 45 years, and so this podcast is really an accumulation of the wisdom God's given me in relationships that I want to share with you. Hello, this is Crystal Sachs. I'm filling in a little bit for Michael Sachs today. I'm here interviewing my dad for the final um, conversation on conflict re resolution. And I'm excited to hear what my dad has to say. I know he has a lot of wisdom and it's just amazing to be a part of this and excited what God's going to do today. So how's your day, dad? Well, you know, now that I'm sitting in front of you, come on, it doesn't get any better. <laughs> you have the most amazing smile. And, you know, one of the things that um, I love about our relationship, I honestly don't know that we've ever had a conflict. Wow. You're one of the most uh, gracious, understanding, and patient women I've ever been around. And I think about the only time we ever had to discuss something a little difficult. I remember, uh, you know, because I do a lot of speaking, and I remember one time asking you the question, hey, honey, has there been anything I've done that kind of has hurt you or frustrated you? Because I would never intentionally do that. And I'll never forget what you said. What do you I remember said? what you said? No, I don't. Yeah. I remember as if it was yesterday. You said, Dad, you always tell stories about Johnny, oh, yes. but you never tell stories about me. And I'm telling you from that point on, I changed the way I spoke. I always thought about you from then on because oh, I you. would never intentionally hurt you. And, you know, that kind of leads us into what we're going to talk about today, because I think the vast majority of people never intentionally hurt another person. But, you know, I want to use that word person for a second. Okay. And, and I could maybe even ask you a question, but it's really off the cuff. You know, what really makes someone a person? What, you know, like, like we talk about the three persons of the Trinity. Yeah. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What makes them a person? God created us to be who we, we are, are in the image of him. Okay. And so here's the thing, Crystal. To be a person, you have to have a mind. In yes. other words, an intellect thought, you have to have a will, decision-making, and you have emotions. Now, I want you to think about that, how it applies to conflict. Because you see, as you and I are sitting here, or if I'm with anybody else, they have thoughts, they have a will, decision-making, and they have emotions. Well, the nature of human beings, we conflict. Why? Because we don't have the same thoughts. We don't have the same emotions. We don't have the same decision-making. And so what we do will conflict because simply we're human beings. Absolutely. Just like we always need air, we always need to be ready for conflict. It is because we're human. 
We're so, sinful. <laughs> well, yeah. well, that's another way of putting it. Yes. <laughs> well, maybe not you. No, I, I I have plenty, but I I hide it, I guess. <laughs> well, like like your mother, I, I call you the fourth member of the Trinity. And it's always a cheap joke. <laughs> Thank but, you, Dad. But you, you you do walk on water, as far as I'm concerned. It's but, all God. But. Would you mind if I did just a little review? Absolutely. Now, you could say no. No, I'm ready. Th- then I'd have to have a conflict with you. But anyway. No, that couldn't be. I'm going to review just for a second. So if you're, you, we're going to have conflict. So, so how do you set up, how do you build a foundation of conflict? Number one is create a safe environment. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like me when I first learned how to snowboard. As soon as I knew how to stop, I was comfortable going down any mountain. If you create a safe environment from which to have conflicts, people are willing to step in. But if they're going to be chided, uh, condescended upon, manipulated, uh, somebody lose their temper, people don't want to have a conflict because it's too painful. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a safe environment. Then we also talked about setting an appointment. If, If there's a conflict between me and someone else, and they ask, can we talk? I got to be willing to step into that. Why? Because ultimately, what God wants between all of us is peace. Mm-hmm. We, we quoted Romans 12, 18. Love if at verse. all possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. So that's our goal. When we're in conflict, we're not at peace. Mm-hmm. So we, we create a safe environment. We, we, we set the appointment. And then last week, we talked about that third fundamental foundation. And that is we bring God into the middle of it. Why? Because the enemy tries to, if you will, exacerbate the existing conflict. You know, he'll tell us lies. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll get our emotions charged up so that it keeps the separation because he wants to destroy relationship. Absolutely. So we pray against that and we pray for God to speak to us, to, to give us self-control, to you know, give us listening ears. So then what we spent most of the time last week on, and, and I don't know if you, did you get a chance yeah, to listen I, to the I, podcast? Two things that just came to mind yeah. is part, um, what you said is praying before a conflict. I mean, even some people mentioned Michael and I do a really good job working together through conflict, but I think that's something that we can bring more God into it. And, um, especially that sometimes maybe I don't have a voice or I actually need sometimes more time to talk through a conflict. Um, and two, it, when you kept talking about this environment, um, it makes me think about what you and mom have always told me, never talk about something difficult at night. Yeah. And so creating that safe time where you are both ready for it and alert and present. So bringing God into it and also the right timing. Because in, in essence, like I, I've always said, that when I don't pray, what I'm literally saying to God is, God, I've got my life. Yeah. You know, you, you, you go deal with world problems. Yes. My life's going just fine. I'm telling God, I don't need you. Yes. And but maybe he, I'm sweeping it under the rug. Like yeah. maybe I'm okay from the outside. Maybe people think I do a pretty good job resolving conflict, but maybe really I'm brushing it under instead of really dealing it with the way God says. Yeah. And God's going to speak to you because they're, you know, uh, I'm going to review from uh, last week, just uh, the big thing we talked about last week was mirroring, mm-hmm. the ability to hear the other person. Number one complaint I get, I get from wives about their husbands, my husband doesn't listen to me. In this method of conflict resolution, there's no way a wife could walk away going, my husband doesn't listen to me. Why? Because he's mirroring back exactly what his wife said. Now, again, this works for any relationship, but I, I was just referring to marriage. So last 
week we talked about this thing of hearing each other out, hearing emotion, which tills the soil of the soul. It can change the heart of an individual because empathy is a key skill in marriage. Mm -hmm. It's not something you're born with. Absolutely. It's something that gets developed in your family and then ultimately can get developed in your marriage. So you get at the end of mirroring and you've really heard each other out. But like I, I asked uh, your, your lovely husband, Michael, I said, so have we solved a thing? Well, the answer is no. So we haven't solved anything. All we've done is prepared our hearts. Then what we get to do is we get to get into brainstorming. But but the again, creative I'm, part. That's right. I like that. And we're going to get to that today. So, But before we do, one, one last thing. I, I ended the session last week with talking about sometimes in the mirroring, like you realize how much you've hurt your mate. Mm-hmm. It is a beautiful time that, that the Holy Spirit may reveal to you, I have been really insensitive. I've been unkind. I've talked over or I've manipulated or I've become demanding. And so if the Holy Spirit convicts you, what you want to do is confess it. Yes. Like, like in James 5, it says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so you might be healed. Mm. So it, there's a healing thing that happens in praying and in confessing. It's that one Yeah, so thing. listen to that last, or there was a podcast, I think, number two. It was all about confession. Yeah. That one's a great one. Oh, yeah, because we all need to confess some of us more than others. Yes. Yeah, I don't know that you ever But how you're talking about mirroring and bringing those... Um, points up to your partner or to a a friend, you're preparing your heart. And so to get creative, I know I can get really creative when my heart is aligned with God. And when you are open, there's so many more ways you're not closed to ideas. That's it. And see, here's the thing. We're going to get into brainstorming right now, which is, you know, like, like the Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows that that will he also reap. But here's the thing is we always think of the negative side of reaping. If, you know, God's not mocked, if I'm screwing around doing the wrong thing, I'm going to pay a price. Wait a minute. If I'm doing the right thing, if I'm, if I'm heeding God's word, there is a fruit that comes from that. There's a sowing that is so beautiful. And this is why you work at conflict resolution to get to actually resolving the conflict. So brainstorming, there are some basic ways in in which we can, if you will, uh, leverage brainstorming. Now, one of the big rules in brainstorming is no idea is a bad idea. Okay. No matter if it's never been done, no matter if it costs a lot of money, uh, it doesn't matter. Just put the idea down. So what's an example? Oh gosh. Like, like, um, I remember when, uh, your mom and I were resolving the conflict, uh, she tends to be late. And, (laughs) and so we, we were, you know, what I realized was, and I had hurt her and I had apologized, but I, when I get to the brainstorming, I said to her, Hey, no matter how late you are, if we get in the car, I am going to talk to you and I'm not going to pull the silent treatment. And I'm not ever going to uh, humiliate you in front of our friends and tease you about it. I see. And so I, you're bringing up the things that she brought up that hurt her and yeah. you're giving her a response on how you want to help. So the brainstorm really comes out of, again, the fruit of, of the mirroring. So so that was just some of the ideas I came I up see. with. But then, and, and, and I'm going to, before I tell you what we did, is there's a, a verse in James 1 that says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously, 
and without any reproach. God wants to give us wisdom when it comes to our conflicts. And see, this is why you pray, Mm -hmm. is that, wait a minute, we've tried to resolve this ourselves and we keep hitting a wall? What if we brought God into it? Well, your mother and I solved this beautifully. And, And that was... You know, because again, I understand it takes longer for her to get ready and Mm -hmm. she's beautiful. Absolutely. And I want to affirm that uh, we might be a little late and I I won't pull the silent treatment. I won't pace behind her and go, you know, we got to get going. But what we came up with is A, B, and C level activities. What is that? An A level activity is I've got a wedding. I've got to be to the chapel on time. Okay. And so here's what happens. On an A-level activity, your mother has agreed that I don't mind if we're five minutes late, but if she's going to be 15, 20, 30 minutes late, can't do that. That's going to that's gonna really hurt the bride. It's going to make me in a rush. I'm not going to do a good job performing the wedding. So what will happen is I'll poke my head in the, in the room and say, hey, baby, are you ready? If she's five minutes late, I don't mind. I'm not rushing her. We get in the car, we go. But if she's going to be longer than that, she already knows where the chapel is. She's agreed she'll come separate. That's a good idea. So then I don't get all tense. I don't get nervous. She's not rushed. And, and, and so we'll meet at the chapel. Now, a B-level activity is we're going out to dinner with some friends. I don't even mind being 15 minutes late. I'll do the apologizing. You know, uh, I'll cover for her. And But if she's going to be longer than that, like we're going to meet a couple for dinner... I'll say, I'll tell you what, I'll go to the restaurant. I'll, I'll be talking to the couple. You come when you can. What do you want on the meal? I'll order her food. And when she comes, I'll apologize. Hey, Deb had a full day. I'm so glad you're here, honey. So it's just easy. I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not stressing. We, we get there on time, or at least one of us does. And we're able to have a good evening with that couple. Now a sea level is we're going, we're going to water skiing at Lake Mead. Yeah. I don't care what time we leave. <laughs> you know, if she's two hours late. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, who cares? And uh, and so here's the interesting thing. I've never heard of another couple that's resolved the time issue that way. That came from God. That that's did very not creative. come from me. Well, because I, I, what, keep what keeps coming to mind is a lot of times we'll see something like that and want to just change the way someone is. And so how do you, what's a good way to be careful not to try to oh, change your spouse? Oh, that is a million. Or friend. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Million dollar question. <laughs> okay. So in Philippians 2, it says, don't just think at, about your own personal needs, but think about the interests of others. If I go into brainstorming, and by the way, when you're brainstorming, big rule is you're just writing down every idea. Just keep going. Some of your best ideas will come at the end. Yes. Just keep going. Then what you do is, is, you, is you go at each other and go, okay, what ones are you willing to do? You, and, and so your partner and you are going, well, I do this, I'll do that. Oh, we can do that. <laughs> but, but you asked a million-dollar question, and that is how do, you, how do you avoid trying to solve it for yourself or change the person? Change the per- it's, it's if I'm thinking in a loving way, of what resolves the conflict for the other person, I come up with my best ideas. Mm. See, I will readily admit before I ever had any conflict resolution skill, it was all about manipulating your mother. It was all about getting my way. It was win-lose proposition. In this methodology, it is a win-win. Mm. We win together. I love God that. speaks into it together. And and, and I, I told Michael last week, is that I honestly, and it's not because I'm a genius, I have met with thousands of couples, thousands of families where 
I'm, I'm helping them to resolve a conflict. There's never been a conflict I couldn't resolve. Uh-huh. Honestly. Wow. So have you used the A, B, and C with friendships? Like oh, that well, kind of creative? Eh, no. <laughs> this is more for... No. You know, like, like uh, I, I will say I had a couple that, that they fought, even though they were wealthy, they fought about money. And, and what it was is they each spent money on things the other hadn't agreed upon. Mm-hmm. Now, I know, I know this sounds crazy. This couple had fought for 13 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And here was the thing. And they constantly, they, and they, they like, when, when you don't resolve a conflict over a long period of time, I guarantee you, you'll slander or gossip about it. Well, you partner. were talking about the history. When it becomes longer than 10 minutes from last week's podcast, you're saying it, you're starting to bring up old things. That's right. And what you'll do is you'll talk about your partner or the person you're at odds with, with other people. Like, I can't believe my buddy, da, 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 da. you know, every time we eat out, he waits and waits and waits on the bill until I pick it up. Oh, and they'll, they'll go years doing that rather than, well, have you talked to your buddy about being cheap? Mm-hmm. You know, but in this case of this couple, they fought over money. And I said, I said, okay, we did the conflict resolution. Their hearts were, you know, were, were tilled. They were ready. I said, okay, so how are we going to resolve this? And it was so amazing. The wife, who the husband was in shock, said, well, if we had a budget, we would kind of have some parameters from which to spend. And I'm going, well, write it down. There we and, go. And they came up with these other ideas of not teasing each other about money, about having a miscellaneous that each of them would have a certain portion of the budget where they could buy, like he could buy a golf club or she could buy a new purse. So they agreed on it. But but here's what was great is they, at the end, the husband said, hey, you know, usually the reason we get in fights is we surprise each other. What if, if it was over $100 I would call you. There we go. And you would call me. And by the time we finished it out, they agreed to, to you know, to the brainstorming, to the ideas that worked for them. And honestly, I see them at church and they go, we haven't fought about money since. Wow, that's amazing. They created a budget. They came up with with parameters of spending. And, and for 13 years, they chipped at each other over money and they didn't need to. And, and honey, that... And I can call you honey because yes, you're, you you're, you're my daughter. Yes. So um, honestly, most couples don't have to fight the way they fight. But if they simply had a system, because again, in the brainstorming, if I'm way more interested in solving the conflict for you, it's going to work. You're investing. That's right. I'm vested in our relationship. And, and, and you're going to be more apt to go, well, I wonder what it would solve it for my dad or for my friend or whatever it may be. So if you're coming at each other in love, there's a, a verse that I, I've seen a different meaning in where it says love covers a multitude of sins. Mm. If I love my partner through the conflict resolution process, we will get to a solution where our love is protected. Absolutely. And we're not sinning against each other by condescension, by teasing in front of friends, by manipulation, by condescension. And, and so that's why when Jesus said, what's, or was asked, what's the greatest commandment? It was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, but to love your neighbor, which could be your spouse, your children, your, you know, your real neighbor, your friend, like you love yourself. And when you ask God, to ask him to help you. Mm. He's so excited to do that. 
oh. What did you say? <laughs> oh, come on. And, and, and here's the other thing. Um, I was talking with a group of men this morning about, you know, how do you hear God's voice? Because, I mean, think about if you, when when James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach. Well, how does he give you the wisdom? So how does he speak to you? To me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you are. Hey, yep, I'm, I'm interviewing you yes, right now. <laughs> through his word. But not only through his word. I mean, lately, writing, how you were mentioning with couples, writing has been a big part of Journaling. my journey with God, that I can hear him speaking to me as I journal and talk with him. Uh. And usually that comes with when I'm praying. I, I journal my prayers. And I'm not afraid for someone to find it, but yeah. I, I have to have a trust that God is going to use that. But um, I hear his voice through my journaling. And when I'm praying for others and when I'm trying not to think about just myself, he opens himself up to me. Mm. What about you, Dad? How do you hear God's oh my voice? Goodness. There's so many different ways. And, you know, like like for me, I think what you mentioned is our one of our big go-tos is the Word of God is our true north. Mm-hmm. So if the Word of God gives me a clear directive man, I'm all in. But in Proverbs, it says there's the plurality of counselors. So oftentimes if I'm having a conflict, even before I do conflict resolution, I'll talk to a friend who's wise Mm -hmm. and I'll say, man, I've been having this struggle with, what would you do if you were me? Oh my gosh. Sometimes you just get in a fog in your own brain and all of a sudden somebody says something you're going, oh God, why? I wish I would have heard that before. So, so there's, there's counsel through the plurality of, of, of men and women in your life. Then, um, like you, um, I journal. So sometimes I'll, 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 I'll be thinking about something and, and then all of a sudden an idea will come to my mind. You know, and, and, and it's like, where did that idea come from? It did not come it's from me. It's pretty clear. Okay, yeah. so there is the direct voice of God, mm-hmm. okay? There is the prophetic voice. I've had people speak into me where they go, hey, God kind of nudged me on something. Could I share it with you? And, you know, it may not be anything you need to hear. And, and they'll speak it, and it'll just be so emotional because they knew nothing about your circumstance, but they spoke truth in your life. And it was inspiring. It was encouraging. It was affirming. I can relate to that. Anytime someone prays over me, uh, I burst into tears. And it's and I know that that is from God. Like when I feel his emotion or like the emotion inside of me, it is far past anything this world can offer. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with this. In, in most conflicts, we don't involve God mm-hmm. because we feel it deep. We feel the opposition. We feel the, 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 the tension. And the sad part is so many of us, and, and myself included, have made really bad decisions, have acted, spoken, and done things that were really hurtful because we never considered God in the equation. And there's a whole boatload of topics I could talk about yeah. where, where I, I will ask couples I'm counseling or individuals, and I'll go, help me to understand your thinking. How did you come to that conclusion? How did you come to that decision? And I'll just wait. There's no God in their answer. Mm. See, if there's no God, then I'm just running my life. No wonder I'm having the major conflicts I'm having. Wow. So I'm really looking forward to next week because what we're going to do is we're going to do some case studies because we've given a a template for how you resolve conflict. 
but I want to talk about different scenarios and how couples actually resolved it. Because I, not just couples, but individuals. And, I, and I'm going to take some tough ones, but I'm going to take some lighter level ones. Ones that are kind of common conflicts people have. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're and by the way, they're real life situations because I've been in the trenches for 48 years as a pastor. You know, I, I have this treatment center liftoff that I'm with the clients. And so I'm constantly stepping into kind of difficult things that people get themselves into. And, and, and again, I'm not perfect and I'm not setting myself up that way because I've got my own issues. But God's put me in a position to help people find peace Certainly peace between them and God, number one. Amen. But once you have peace with God, now he says, I want you to be at peace with others. So that's what we're going to deal with next week is how we do that. And we're going to look at some case studies. I'm excited. I've already seen a difference in relationships in my life through the mm. podcast. And I thank you, Dad. I oh. love you. And I don't, I, just of course, at the end, I'm getting a little emotional just being a part of this and yeah. just seeing that God has placed you in this position for the right reason. And I'm so excited to see what he's going to do. And you just give all the glory to him. Well, I just want you to know it's so much easier to look at you in this podcast. Michael <laughs> is Michael's not nearly as pretty as you oh, are. He's not nearly so as handsome. Sweet. Oh, he yeah, but I'm not going to tell him that. <laughs> well, I'm excited to journal with him later about Ooh. some A, B, and Cs. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think you got something going. Well, honey, look forward to next week. Love you. Okay, love you too. <laughs>